This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Welcome uh, this morning to the teaching section of the service. And uh, we'll go straight into the confession on God's Word. I'll be teaching on one or do a three-week series on our pre-Wathbeck preparation. Um, all right, so let's take the confession. One, two, go. As I said to listen to the Word of God today, a door of utterance has been opened unto us. And I hear the word of voice of God clearly speaking to me. This is the way to go, walk ye in it. I listen under the influence of the Spirit of God, and I'm not distracted by anything or anyone. The word of God is full to my spirit. I am strengthened by it this morning. It is wine to my heart, creating joy within me. It is oil to my face, causing my life to shine giving me victory in everything that I do. As my eyes make contact with the scriptures used in this message, the Spirit of God opens new things to me. He also brings to my remembrance things Jesus once showed me. I come to understand God's system on the earth, and I receive instruction, encouragement, correction, and the enablement to live out God's will. Amen and amen. All right, so this morning, like we said, we want to um, take a deep look into certain principles that are in the Word of God. And like we did last year, we are also having what we call our pre-Wafbeck, that's our conference, the West Africa Faith Believers Convention. And so it is pre-Wafbeck services where we um, prepare people for that which God wants to do. It is our 10th year anniversary, and we're looking forward to a great time in the Spirit of God. Now, preparation, let me start by saying this, is the key to a high-impact meeting. And uh, like I was teaching the workers yesterday, some of these things that we do, all right, for conferences like Wafbeck, whether it's the infrastructure in which we build, whether it's the spiritual methods we use in order, all right, to um, have a great and powerful meeting, those things, the sustainable principles there, should now become the culture of the church after the meeting. In other words, this is what we practice. So you can use this even in preparation for Sunday services or other meetings. And leaders also can use this principle in preparing people for other seminars, smaller things that we do. And it's be of benefit to you for the rest of your time on this earth, understanding how to prepare effectively for a meeting. Uh, some of the things we'll say are things that we said last year. Uh, will add to it, but I just want you to understand the power of repetition. I've taught this principle before, that if you sit and keep listening to something over and over and over and over and over, like the scripture says, you just behold continuously as though you are looking into a mirror. After some time, changes will begin to happen. Not that you yourself consciously even initiate those changes. is that you have been transformed silently by the Spirit of God. 
And when you hear things over and over and over, what happens is neural pathways start forming within your brain, which means the understanding begins to create what the scripture says, highways will be created on the inside of you. The circuit will be formed and suddenly the understanding will dawn on you and it becomes an unconscious principle within your life. In other words, your default mode is set in that particular way. That is how you're going to respond to things going forward without even consciously thinking about it. That is the power in repetition. It's not that we hear something and consciously want to get up and go and practice it, but that we sit with something long enough that that thing has changed the shape of our soul so that without even thinking or consciously want to do it, we just respond in that way. In other words, if I take a ball now and I throw it at the screen, everybody looking, all right, watching will blink because it is your default mode. Now, when we allow the word of God to form neural pathways there, our default mode becomes love. In other words, you didn't think about it. You reacted that way, and that's exactly how the reaction is going to be. So it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and it's creating those neural pathways on the inside of us. Now, to prepare for something means that we set time to deliberately wait upon God for the fulfillment of things that he has promised us. So I want to look at what he has promised us in meetings like this, in conferences, when you come to church, what is the promise that is attached, all right, to it, and then we consciously wait on God for the fulfillment of those promises there. So it's to deliberately wait on the Lord to receive in the spirit the things that will be worked out during the meeting. It's a huge principle. All right, we receive in the spirit before the meeting, and then when the meeting happens, is an outworking of what we have already received. Now, we can only receive it prior to the meeting. So if we miss that moment of response and we get there, what will happen is what in the natural is what has already occurred in the realm of the spirit. In other words, these things must have occurred in the spirit realm and then we can come together, all right, and then when we come together, there's an outworking of the things that we have received. In other words, the children, or sorry, the apostles there, they tarried, Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. Jesus said, tarry until you'll be endured with power from on high. So he says, behold, I send the promise. That same promise we spoke about last week of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem, which means I'm sending the promise, but you have to tarry. To tarry means to wait intentionally and consciously upon me for it. Now, let's read on. Tarry until you are endured with power from on high. Acts chapter 2, verse 15 and verse 17 tells us the results of their tarrying there. All right? So, they tarried and on that set day, the Spirit was poured forth. So, this is what we're saying. We tarry so that during the meeting, something happens. Now, Luke 2, 15, 17, it says... Let's go back, okay? For these are not drunken as you suppose, saying it is but the third hour of the day. Verse 16, 
it tells us, but this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. And then verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall, all right, see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So they took that scripture to God in prayer, waited on him for the fulfillment of that particular word. And he said, this is that. And so we see in verse 33 of the same Acts chapter 2, and this is what we want to produce. The Bible says, therefore, being exalted, that's Jesus, at the right hand of, or being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received the promise of the Spirit, or promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which you now see and hear. So everything they were seen and hearing were not the acts of the apostles, but the acts of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus shed forth. So we want the conference people to see and people to hear the Holy Spirit. The theme is a sound of many waters. And it's about the rivers of living waters flowing out of our belly. The sound that comes into the earth as a result of this. Jesus said, the wind bloweth where it listeth. And you hear the sound thereof. So it could also be the sound of a rushing mighty wind or the sound of many waters. So the meeting is about the Holy Spirit working in our midst. And the ministers therefore have to be prepared in prayer prior to the meeting. The ground upon which that our human heart must be prepared also prior to the meeting. The atmosphere in which people are going to operate in within that auditorium must be prepared prior to the meeting. That is the worship, the hospitality, the helps, the administration that is contained in scripture. That's what is called the Ministry of Helps and Administration, which forms the hospitality. And we'll say that is very important. That's why the Bible says, Be hospitable unto strangers, for some have entertained angels unawares. In other words, our treatment of people that are coming in for the first time into the covenant nation will determine to a high degree angelic activity within the place. Recently, I went to preach at a conference and the host pastor said something and I agreed in my heart with what he said. He said, look, he's been in this thing for a long time and conferences of this nature that the conference was doing can be held and people attend these conferences, but there's no real significant change that occurs in the lives of the people. 
uh, it's correct, right? But to solve that, uh, it's the nature of preparation that went before the conference that determines how much transformation or impact that will transform the lives of the people that, all right, how much impact and how much transformation will actually go on in the lives of the people. It's your preparation that determines that. And we have from the 1st of December about 30 days to prepare, and we want to make use of those 30 days wisely. Because if you don't use those days properly and you miss that season of response, there is very little you can do when the actual meeting begins. And we want to move people from this to that. What is this that I want to move them from? I want to move them from Luke chapter 34, verse 32. And we want to move them to Luke 34, sorry, Luke 24 and verse 31. So let's look at Luke 24 and verse 32. We want to move them from this. Luke 24 and verse 32. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts born within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? So there is the experience of their hearts born in as he taught them the word of God, and he opened the scriptures to them. One more people from that experience to this experience, which we find in Luke chapter 24 and verse 31, previous verse. Uh, the Bible says there, and their eyes were opened, and that they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. In other words, and then they said in verse 32, that our hearts not just born within us. So we want to move people from the experience of just having sensations within their heart as the meeting is going on. And people coming out of that place saying that I was really and truly blessed, which is good. To the place where they come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and have encounters with him with their eyes being opened. I remember in the book of Job. Uh, Job himself said, I heard of thee with the hearing of my ears. If you find the pull of the scripture, he says, but now with my own eyes, I see thee. So I want to move people from this. I have heard of thee. All right. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. And we want to move them to, but now mine eye seeth thee. From just hearing to a place where they see and have real encounters with, all right, Jesus. In other words, uh, Joshua knew that he was supposed to take uh, the Jericho. But when he saw Jesus, he said, I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts here, of the Lord's army. He said, take off your shoes and gave him a divine strategy. He left the place not just with the promise or the knowledge that he was going to take the walls or the city of Jericho, but he was now shown clearly. He saw how that was going to happen. So I want to move people from this promised place, all right, to a place where there is an understanding. They've seen the Lord. They've had that kind of encounter with him. I want to move people from the experience here of Luke chapter 8, verse 13, where the Bible tells us, Luke 8, 13, and they on the rock are they which, when they heard, received the word with joy. 
but had no roots in themselves and believed for a while, which means after the meeting, they were happy and they believed it for a while. One moved them and then after some time, there was a falling away and we didn't see the results of the meeting in the lives of them. 2 verse 15, where the Bible says that it fell on good ground, honest and good hearts, kept the word and brought forth fruit with patience. Now, to do that, the key is preparation. In other words, it's not what happens. It's not going to happen at the meeting. Hear this. It's going to happen in the spirit realm before the meeting and then manifest itself during the meeting. So the meeting is a place of manifestation. Preparation is the place of occurrence. In other words, when it actually happens. But then during the meeting is where we have the manifestation. For example, the company that Peter and John went back to offered up with one accord prayer unto God and they laid out what they wanted to happen. And the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, that's where it happened. They prayed. This is where it happened. All right? The Bible says the place where they prayed was shaken. All right? Where they assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word with all boldness. Now, they had prayed certain things. Let's go to verse 29. Lord, behold, they are threatening. Grant unto thy servants with all boldness we may speak the word. And by the stretching forth of thy hands to heal, signs and wonders may be done in the holy name of thy child Jesus. And the Bible says the place when they prayed was shaken and that happened. Now if you go to Acts chapter 5, I believe, and verse 12, we begin to say manifestations. And by the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were wrought by the people. And they were in one accord in Solomon's porch. That's a place of manifestation. But the place of occurrence was in the place of prayer. So let's look at Mark chapter 4, verse 3 to verse 8. I want to look at this quickly here. It says, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Verse 4. And it came to pass, as they sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Now, some fell on a stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And then, but when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And then some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no fruit. And then some fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth, brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. So it was good ground that brought forth 30. Now, the sower sowed the same thing. Some fell by the wayside. All right. The same person sowed it. The same seeds were sown. What determined the outcome was the quality and the nature of the ground in which that seed was sown, or those seeds were sown. And you can only determine the nature of that ground and the quality of that ground 
by preparing the ground prior to the time in which you want to sow the seed. You can't do it after the seed has been sown or while the seed is being sown. So these things cannot be done at the meeting and cannot be done after the meeting. They can only be done before the meeting. This is how important this is. And that's what's going to determine whether or not people will have results of what back 2023 in their lives in 30 years' time if Jesus tarries. Whether they'll be able to have fruits in their hands here and manifestations within their lives. Not just a temporal feeling within the meeting. That can be done with stones in the hearts of people. They will have a temporal feeling in the meeting and they will be excited. And the Bible says with joy. They will leave the meeting happy. But yet, you go back in 10 years time and you'll see that, God forbid, all right, that nothing has really happened in the lives of people. And preparation is the key to this. Mark chapter 4 and verse 14 tells us, that's a Mark 4 there. It says what the seed is. The sower soweth the word. So the seed is the word of God. Uh, and this one I want to share about making sure the right seed is sown and then just touch on preparing the heart for this. Paul came and said, I planted. What did he plant? The word of God. All right. And he planted that. So in meetings here, and that's the basis for everything that is going to happen. Uh, the basis for everything that is going to happen is the word that is sown. That's why the apostles, when they were praying, said, with all boldness, we may speak your word. Uh, put it there, Acts chapter uh, 4 there and verse 29. They said, with all boldness, we may speak. Grand, we may speak thy word. It's only after the word has been spoken that the next thing can happen, that by the stretching forth of thy hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And we will see in Luke here, all right, chapter 4 and verse 25 and verse 26. Sorry, Mark chapter 16 and verse 20. Let's look at Mark 16, 20. That's not the scripture. Mark 16, 20. Now it says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them and confirming the word with signs following. So the signs, the miracles, will come as a result or as God working, confirming his word. So the word is the seed. That's why a lot of importance has to be paid to, uh, attention has to be paid to the word, the supply of the word. And it has to be the word of God. And part of what we are praying about is that the scripture says God ministers seed to the sower. So if the sower sows the word, then God first of all has to minister. And this can only happen prior to the meeting because what the person is going to do is to plant the word and we don't want opinions of men being planted because god is not going to confirm opinions of men god is not going to confirm ideas of men god is only going to confirm his word and therefore he has got to minister that word and we have to pray that that in this 30-day period, the word is ministered. In other words, the word that they are to deliver is ministered unto them. 
So they are carriers of the word of God for that particular moment, season, and that particular hour. It's responsible to do that because it's on the word of God there that signs, wonders, all right, and miracles happen. So we want God to move in the lives of the ministers where as they open up the scriptures, they have encounters with God solely for the meeting. And they are ministered to by God directly for Wafbeck 2023 where they are not just preaching out of memory. Because this is important. God is not going to back the opinions of people. I mean, he said this, let's just pull out this scripture here. Uh, Psalm 68 and verse 11. Alright, let's just hear God ministering seed to the sower. This is part. The Lord gave the word. The Lord gave the word. So it has to be. Now you can even say things that are right and scriptural, but it's not a rema. Which means it's not the word for that moment in the context of the lives of the people. So the Lord, in an act, has to give the word. And then the scripture says, great is the company of people that published it. Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 3 to verse 8. Let's look at it here. Thus hear the Lord God, word unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like foxes in the desert. You have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up a hedge for the house of Israel to stand in battle, in the battle in the day of the Lord. And then it goes on, they have seen vanity and lying divination, saying, the Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them. And what happens is they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. In other words, you can create expectations, right, that will not be realized because what is being said is not the exact word. I mean, I remember um, Dr. Larry Lee, he was saying this about prayer. He said he went for a conference and he went to preach. It was an evangelistic meeting. And he preached first day, nothing happened. Preached second day, absolutely nothing happened. And he was about to give up and go back home. And he said, while he was waiting, or preparing for the meeting, two nuns, Catholic nuns, saw him in the area and walked up to him. And asked whether he could help them to tune their guitar because they had seen him play the guitar. And he helped them. And then at the end of it, they said, um... We've been in prayer. We've been coming for your meetings. Now, we've been in prayer for five hours, all right, for you for this meeting that you want to have tonight. Because we've seen the Spirit of God hasn't moved. And do you know about five loaves and two fish that Jesus talked about, the multiplication? He said, yes. They said, go to that area of Scripture and preach from that area, and you'll see what is going to happen. He said 500 people responded to the altar call that night. So he waited again for them. And the next day they came again and said, preach from this particular place in scripture. And same thing occurred. He said he left that place with the understanding of what prayer actually does. In other words, you stay in prayer there to receive. Because God has to minister that word you are going to preach there. 
and it's something that is fresh. That's why it's called manna and cannot be transferred to the next day. That's the nature of ministry. It's not just, all right, knowledge retained in memory. It is fresh manna that has to be received. Not that they are saying something that sounds brand new. But you find out that they say it in a way and it's communicated and even the side journeys and the word of wisdom that comes as they teach and the word of knowledge that comes as they teach. The assistance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit causes that thing at that particular point and is brought into context in the lives all right, of the people. So it's very important that God ministers say to the sower. Another thing again that we'll look at in terms of the ground. All right, Mark chapter 4, verse 16 to verse 19. Let's look at this again. Mark 4. And these likewise are they that are on stony ground, which when they have heard the word, immediately receive it gladness. So you say everybody will be happy. Ground that has stones. Everybody will be happy in the meeting. Okay, let's go on now. Verse 17. And have no roots in themselves, so they endure, but for a time. And afterwards, when affliction and persecution ariseth for God's words or the sake of God's word, immediately they are offended. And then verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns there, which hear the word. And it says, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things enters in and chokes that word. And it becomes unfruitful. And then it speaks about others. So, in experience, these things must be addressed before the word is planted. The stony ground has to be addressed. Now, we're looking at the word. It has to be the right word. But then you also have to prepare the hearts of people. And we're speaking here about things in the realm of the spirit. All right? Prepare the hearts of people. Okay? For an encounter with God. And this has to be done. The soil has to be dealt with prior to that time. Look at Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 and verse 2. Look, look at it here. It says, now I will sing a, well, a song, a sing to my well-beloved, a song of my beloved as touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it. The next thing is, he gathered out the stones thereof and planted. So before he planted, he had done two things. Fenced it and gathered the stones out. And then he planted it with the choicest vine. Now, if you don't do that, we'll see this. Don't fence it, which is guard your heart with all diligence. In other words, you can plant the word, but other things will be planted there. And they will choke that word which are thorns. And if you don't take the stones out, and those stones mean things. In other words, experiences that people have already had where they were disappointed, where offenses may be in the hearts of the people, where they already have certain concepts prior to that meeting, where the heart may have been hardened in certain ways. If all those things are not addressed in the spirit through prayer and intercession, what happens is the word falls. So it can be the choicest vine you are planting, but if you haven't done your homework and you haven't been knowledgeable about spiritual things, then what happens is you don't, all right, get the type of results that you ought to get. And so we say that when the walls are broken down, thorns and other things come in and affects, all right, the productivity of that word. 
So we've looked at the word has got to be ministered. Alright? And that word must be ministered by God. So the minister so is a carrier of the mind of God for the people. And then number two, we also see this. Alright? I'll just teach about this too today. About the hearts also being plowed and prepared for the word that will be soon. Because the word is the breeding ground for miracles. I remember once Kenneth Hagen said this. He said, you know, he wasn't seeing any miracle in his ministry. People were not getting results and all of that. And he went to God and said, but you said you'll confirm your word with signs following. And God said, yes, see, if it's my word, I'll confirm it. But if it's not my word, then I won't confirm it. So Kenneth Hagen said to him, so sir, what are you saying? I said, I've not been preaching your word. He said, you haven't been preaching my word. You've been preaching what you think is my word, but it's not my word. He said it was like a low blow that hit him in his belly. But he corrected that, and there was a massive flow of the Spirit right there in. So, we want to pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, and I'll close with this, that he might send forth. And you know, he said it there in Ezekiel 13, 3 to 8. He said, this prophet, I have not sent them. So when he sends people to you, it means they are carrying the exact and appropriate word for your life. And you also are prepared for this. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. I want us to capture the power of this. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two before his faith. And let me say this, and been praying about this, working on the meetings, because he sent two by two in every session that we have. We're going to have two ministers that will be speaking, morning session, two sessions, afternoon sessions, two sessions, evening sessions, two sessions. And so people are going to be sent two by two, so to speak, into these sessions. So we are pairing anointings. So do pray, all right? Okay, for me that I will make, that, that I'll be properly guided. I've started writing it out. If you ask Bishop Wall, okay, you'll be speaking in the evening and he asks, who will I be speaking with? That's the first thing he's going to ask me, who is coming before me? And there are few ministers there that I can say he's comfortable with those ministers there speaking before him. All right, so I'm going to put, um, I'm just trying to tell you, here, I'm going to pair him with, I, I would have done it, but I'll be speaking at on that time. So I'll pair him with Pastor Andy Osakui. In other words, because I know that there's agreement there between them, so we're pairing anointings. That's why he sent them two by two. So in the mouth of two or three, all right, let every word be confirmed. Okay, now look at it, Luke chapter 10 here, verse 1. I'm just trying to tell you the ministry is not just, uh, uh, I shan't agree. All right. So, and send them two by two before his face into every city where he would have come. Now look at what he says. Therefore he said unto them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers. In other words, the people that are being sent are few. Only a few people have stayed right there with God or people have stayed for them to be sent. Now, you remember uh, uh, the nation of Israel, uh, the Jewish people, it entered into the heart of Moses. He should save the children of Israel. He went out by himself to save them and he failed. 
And then the children of Israel cried unto God and God said, I've heard their cry and their groanings on me. He said, I've come down. Now I am sending you. In other words, the people have to cry unto God to send people, which means the appropriate word. And it should happen in every service you come for, not just Wafik. That the appropriate word comes into your own heart for that particular situation. Let me tell you what the power of sending does. Look at this in Luke chapter 4 and verse 25 to verse 26. And I'll just have to close here because of time. Luke chapter 4, 25. I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in need, people that God really wanted to help. In the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut, now the heavens here, naturally speaking here, keep, keep the scriptures there, please. Naturally speaking, the heavens were shut. Three years and six months, and there was great famine throughout the entire land. But a prophetic word, somebody being sent to you, can change the dynamics of your life. But unto none of them was Elijah sent. I'm not just talking about you listening to preaching. You having somebody sent to you. He says, save unto Seraphat, all right, a city of Sidon, or Sarephtah, all right, somewhere else says Seraphat, a city of Sidon unto a woman that was a widow. So there were several people in need. Jesus said that. He said, but before you say to me, physician, heal thyself. He said, I want to tell you how the anointing works. It's almost like a laser beam sent, a rocket sent. And there are people, people might be all together in the meeting, but it's targeted at certain individuals. And it is those people whose voices have come up to God in prayer prior to that time. That's why he told Hagar, I have heard the voice of the lad where he is, which means the voice have come forth and therefore these people are sent. So the basis of having the right word for the meeting, sometimes the honest doesn't even lie on just the minister himself. All right, but it lies also on the people. That's why the atmosphere must be right. Who have cried out to God and prayed unto God, persisted in the place of prayer that that word right must come to them and they also have prepared their hearts to have an encounter with that and what happens is it totally transforms all right the lives of people okay that are there all right then so that's what we're going to have for this meeting and we're going to continue sharing along these lines concerning but this is to make sure people have a profound encounter within your own life there don't just let it be something that is done exclusively just for Wafbeck but also in your life to make sure that heaven, because a, a word sent from heaven, we see this here, broke, all right, the power of famine. And, and this is where, look, let me tell you this. It has never happened to me in my life before. I went, this was in England two weeks ago. Yes, when, after the um, seminar camera on my way back. So I went into a shop to buy something. And it was, uh, he, this man had been working well in that industry, just looking at him, the expertise that he had, the attention to detail that he had. He's been working in that space there, in that particular thing, all right, for years. So he I wanted to buy something and they wanted to prepare maybe like a certificate. And so he asked me my email and filled everything in. And he now looked at me and said, oh, you're a pastor, because I put my email, Pastor Paul John. He said, you're a pastor? I said, yes. And it was the first time in my entire life 
where somebody like that had spoken, they said, man, we need you people now. You must be on demand right now. I looked at him, I said, what do you mean? He said, you must be on high demand. He said, the world is spinning out of control. We don't know what's going on. He said, so we need people like you to explain to us. He was just laughing. He said, now we need the pastor more than any other thing. All right? And the world is in a state where that prophetic word, that prophetic word is needed. And it's not just, all right, religious theories, but a word from the mind of God sent into people's lives that will break the power of what is going on in terms of what they will experience will be diversely different from the predictable things according to the order that is in existence. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, as we go into this first and begin to prepare towards Wafbeck 2023, guide us by your spirit. Give us the right prayers to offer up unto you. Show us the things that lie ahead. Show us years that are to come so that we can present not just what we think is right, but we can present your own heart's desire concerning our future right before you so that we do not leave this meeting empty-handed, but live with the fullness of your spirit, your power. Signs, wonders, miracles, people hear the sound of the spirit, they see manifestations of the Holy Ghost, they see your power at work, not just in the meeting, but from the rest, for the rest of their lives, from the encounters that they will have within this meeting. Lord, open the eyes of people that they might find wells of water as ministry is, being go- is going forth within the meetings. We look to you, Lord, during this fast. We come to tarry for an outpouring of the Spirit, massive, that the meeting will be a true reflection of its name, a sound of many waters that goes into the earth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week in His presence. God bless you.